You're listening to Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Barry Sanderson on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Coach Barry Sanderson, it's time to take you inside the locker room. Presented by Dr. Pepper on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Hey, good morning. Welcome into a Monday. Nope, not Monday. Today is Tuesday. Tuesday edition of Inside the Locker Room. Go to your closet, get the coat out. It's a little chilly out there. It's not too bad, but a little chilly out there this morning. Uh, perfect weather. It'll warm up a little bit, be cold at night. So time to get you some firewood as well. 205-342-9904 is the phone number if you'd like to get in with us this morning. Twitter at Locker Room 109. At Barry Sanderson, at Wimp Sanderson. One email address for our show is Wimp and Barry at Yahoo.com. If you're looking for decking, columns, fence products, siding, specialty posts, plywood, whatever you need, there's only one place to go, and that's Yellowwood. Yellowwood.com to find the dealer closest to you. And as we tell you, each and every morning, if it doesn't have the yellow tag on it, then believe me. You don't want it. Once again, 205-342-9904. Today's show, Normal Tuesday. Kevin Skarbinski will join us at the bottom of the hour. Look forward to talking to Kevin. And then we'll uh, play some Nick Saban uh, sound in the second hour. We'll react to that. But we'd love to have your phone calls throughout the show. Once again, 205-342-9904. Dad, you'll have to wait till today to find out if you're Guardians slash Indians advance. Uh, so, well, I'm not sure what time. I think it's late this afternoon. Good morning, Dan. How are you? 307. Yes. 307 today, uh, our time. I had on my Cleveland shirt. We play today against uh, the Yankees, and the winner will go on Wednesday night very quickly. Uh, go tomorrow night at Houston. Houston's very, very good. Uh, our team is a team of singles and good pitching which is going to be very, very difficult when we're lucky to be this far ahead, uh, not ahead, but uh, even with them. Uh, the Yankees got the long ball, good pitching too, a lot of money spent to get that those teams. Um, you know, our organization spends a lot of money, hasn't done so well with a lot of money, but they've done okay. So my Indians will play them at 307, and I'll be tuned in, I hopefully, if everything goes okay. And I'll be putting for for Cleveland. Nineteen sixteen last night, Chargers beat the Broncos. What was the game? I couldn't get into much. Dustin Hopkins, I think it was, kicked a field goal uh, in overtime to win the game. Russell Wilson got hurt, hamstring pull. Don't know what that means uh, as far as next week's concerned, but uh, uh, it was an okay game, I guess, close game, but just uh, maybe a game that I wasn't really into a whole lot. I uh, worked last night real hard and, and decided, well, I want to announce it until Thursday, my blue plate special. And uh, came on, came and studied it and went back and back and looked and see if I could figure out exactly what was the best thing to do. So I've got that pretty much done. I'll announce it on Thursday if you if you want to know about that. At three signees, uh, Kentucky signed a big kid, uh, Bradshaw kid, who's seven feet and supposed to be a very top-notch player, Alabama. I was able to get get the Muhammad uh, 
D-I-O-U-B-U-T-E. I'm not sure the pronunciation, so I won't do it incorrectly. Uh, big kid out of New York. This is for 23, who they're pleased to get. They beat Wake and um, Maryland and I think Virginia Tech on him. And then North Carolina got a point guard. Uh, if you're interested in basketball, uh, a very good point guard. Supposedly, supposedly one of the better in the country. Uh, Ken just got him. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Um, let's see. That that's really um, uh, about it. The the, tra- the guard at uh, the, excuse me, the quarterback at, at Indiana. Who I think transferred in there from Utah, who's supposed to be a good hot player, uh, is put his name in the transfer portal yesterday, and he'll be 88 and out the gate. You're going to see a lot of that now come up, come about. People are going to be going, getting out of there. They get by the time you get to to uh, season number uh, to weekend number eight. And can you imagine this is already weekend number eight? Um, it is. Uh, time for people to start wanting to leave and being disgusted. One one kid talks to another kid who says he's going to transfer. That kid says, I think I will too. He talks to another kid and it gets where it is at some places. Uh, you know, Barry and I will talk to you about the games this weekend. You know, it's not really a big weekend for, you know, we've got a couple of East versus West teams. We've got, uh, you know, uh, A&M playing South Carolina, OK, Alabama. State, uh, of course, West versus West. But I guess the best game, if you're looking for a game that's always been a very controversial game, is Ole Miss at LSU. One high point favorite, I think LSU is because of the home court, home field, excuse me. And UT Martin in Tennessee is not much. And um, so we've got we've got those those games in in the in the uh, in the hopper this weekend. So it'll be one, two, three, four, five. Uh, five teams in, involved with uh, SEC teams. That's about it. Uh, basketball is around the corner. Uh, I think most teams will open up around November the seventh. We'll kind of. St- I called yesterday to try to get uh, Nate on. Uh, call the SID people, so they're supposed to let me know something. So that's it. Uh, I don't know the answer to this. Anybody's listening? I don't know if we have an official listening. Uh, and Dad, you may know this for travel purposes. At the beginning of the year, I wonder if they felt like the Alabama Tennessee game was going to be a big game, just based on what's happened in the past. Uh, I'm not sure what Tennessee's preseason ranking was. Aiden, maybe you could look that up Three. for me. Three, okay. Because the the crew that they had has had some problems in the past. My question to you is, Dad, did they assign these crews to the games for the entire season? Like at the beginning of the season, you already know all the games that you're going to be calling. And obviously in the in championship game, you probably have to grade out to get to that. Or how, how far out in advance do they assign these crews? Do you know the answer to that? I don't know the complete answer. They don't. I don't don't think they they assign they assign them a full full year i can get maybe the head of commissioner the head of the officials on i know a little bit um but they don't assign the crew that worked um i mean people are going crazy about this game this play and that play i I don't think there's any use in doing that this crew uh they have they have tried to do this barry from what i can understand they have tried to take their best crew at times and and have them 
be sure that they even called games that weren't going to be real close, but they wouldn't say that. They, 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 don't let, they don't have the best crews call what you refer to as the best game. They, they try to mix that up as much as they possibly can. And a kid here from, a kid here from Tuscaloosa or, or Birmingham, I forget what game he called. I saw him the other day. Smith guy, he's, he does a good job. But um, I, I can't say what I want to say about the officiating, so I'll have to keep my mouth shut. But uh, <laughs> what did you uh, ever? Well, I, I can't. I, it, it, you, anytime you, you discuss things about things and about people on on sports radio or anything, you get criticized, fired. I, I, um, you know, it, it just doesn't doesn't work because you have you have an opinion. This day and time, you can't you can't take, take your opinions and and give your real opinions out there. You can give give your part, opinions part way, but you can't criticize somebody uh, on a personal basis. But if you do, then then of course you're you know they they don't love like that, don't want that. So I don't think that they're I don't think that they're assigned the entire season. I think they are assigned maybe for the first half of the season. But uh, I don't think it's your sign. Yeah, I just, you know, with travel and all that, yeah. some of these guys, they have to, they obviously can't do it week to week. Yeah. And Aiden, just who's with us this morning, just pulled up Tennessee was unranked. So I wonder if they looked at that and said, man, that game hadn't been a game uh, in the last 15 years. I can get years. Tom on and Tom Hardy on. He, he would probably tell us. Yeah. So, and, and, the people like Joe Gaither, uh, he posted a pretty good clip of the last the interference call. And guys, that's interference. Now the guy may have called it late, but he he literally had his arm wrapped around his back. Uh, and I do think he called it late, probably after he intercepted the ball. And so, if you want to say he called it too late, I'll t- I'll be okay with that. But if you're trying to tell me that's not interference, the guy could clearly grabbed him before the ball got there uh so if, depending on what color shirt you got yeah. on you're going to r- rule that with us did you not think that was interference did I yeah i think it? i think it was I, th- I think the biggest thing and i heard this explained yesterday by somebody who, who's I, I i think he knows what he's talking about is that the the uh roughing of the quarterback is not the the roughing of the quarterback situation was changed and they, he tried to explain uh, to the people uh, what it was to start with and how it is now. And what, what you think it is is not what it is. Now, that doesn't make a lot of sense, what I'm saying. But what I think it is, helmet to helmet, is my only is my thought as a rookie that, that that's what happened. But uh, there, the, 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 some of the stuff there is a little bit more complicated. It has been changed somewhat as far as now. Barry's not talking about that. Barry's talking about pass interference, but it goes back to um, the you know what we if we if we want to criticize the officials, not in that particular case as Barry's mentioned, but if we want to criticize the officials, we need to go back and really understand the rule. And um, I'll be quite honest with you, I don't. Uh, understand it a little bit better than I did yesterday, but I don't. I can't even understand it enough to explain it to our listeners. But you have to understand the rule. And yes, it would be good for me to get uh, try uh, try to get somebody on here. You can't you can't go and moan about the officials um, because you just can't. I mean that game that game 
can be won, and I'm not criticizing the field goal kick. That game can be won and over if, he, if Alabama kicks the field goal probably or at least goes into overtime. So they have an opportunity to win the thing, even though uh, did the, the officials beat Alabama. I think the wideouts beat Alabama, and I don't. I think uh, I just I just think there are a lot more than officials that beat Alabama. So that, that's why. Yeah, and also you know one of the worst takes people, and I've said it as well, and I'm going back to the the pass interference call when people say you can't call that at that point in the game. You you can't make that call and decide again. Yeah, you can because if you don't make it, it decide, if it's pass interference in the first minute, it's pass interference in the last ten seconds. Like yeah. people say, you can't make that call at that point of the game. You got to make that call at the point of the game if you think it's pass interference. Now, I'm not going to argue with people whether they got through the flag in time or not. Uh, he probably didn't. They showed a a clip that had. Uh, Kool-Aid on the 30, and then the flag came out. So he had had to run 30 yards before the guy threw the flag. Now, I, that would make me mad if I'm Nick Saban in them. But if I went back and really looked at it, I'm going to say, well, the guy probably made the right call there. And then I heard Co- – we'll hear Coach in the second half hour. I'm sensing he's not crazy about their talent level. Everybody keeps talking about this as – What's so going to be the talent level? Alabama's. I think those Tennessee guys are faster. They just run by you. Uh, and he basically said, these are our players and this is what we got. And we, you know, we're not like we can change players here in the middle of the year. I don't think he's quite as happy well, with the talent that he has uh, assembled, maybe than what the rankings were when these guys came in. Well, I think, too, I think a couple of things uh, happened here. Tennessee did an excellent job in preparation. They're wide outs, uh, they're, they're wide outs, and, and they, they, they cut down the opportunity to pass rush. I mean, they, I thought they, I thought they were, you know, they double team, if they did double team, big man. And, um, we, we sort of have, not we, I'm, I'm trying to, we, Alabama sort of, as the season starts, talked about the great offensive player and the great defensive player that they have. And there, and the, and the offensive quarterback at Alabama is absolutely terrific. He is absolutely, without a doubt, and I've seen him all since 1960. So um, he is he is un, unbelievably a great. I don't give a crap whether he's six five or uh, four foot one. He's terrific. Uh, defensively, uh, the big guy is, is has good skills. Uh, he was real anxious at the Texas game and was offside some. Um, and they they doubled him in the Tennessee game, and maybe it hasn't been quite as effective. But Barry's talking about the overall talent level. I, I also think that, and I haven't heard all this, I think Coach does a good job of not uh, blaming the officials. or He, he, he says it in a way that, that it is concerning to him, but he doesn't. He doesn't, and he'll go crazy on a play that is pretty obvious there on the sideline. But I think he does a, a very good job of handling uh, official situations as they occur during the season. I just do. I just think he, he does a good job there. I would take a break. There's another thing that, uh, that Alabama fans are doing that I think is makes us look petty, and we need to stop. I'll tell you what that is when we get back from break. Uh, Aiden, once again, 205-342-9904. If 
you agree with what we just said, disagree. I don't. If you know when the officials are assigned, I'd like to know that as well. Two minute truck out at 1330 Martin Road East. If you're looking to make a local move out of town, out of state, it's going to be stressful enough. So let the professionals handle it. They'll come in and wrap all your stuff up, take great care of it. They can pack it for you as well. Get the free estimate today. Give them a call. 205-247-5050. As two men and truck movers who care. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, no active wrecks or problems reported on the roadways as the sun comes up on a good-looking Tuesday morning. It is a bit chilly. If you see conditions, give me a call, 205-886-8886. Townsend Nissan is having a special sale today with super markdowns and extra cash for your trade. Go see them. I'm Captain Ray. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa thread. Good Tuesday morning. It will feel like winter all week all across Alabama. The National Weather Service in Birmingham has issued a freeze warning and basically covers everything from Sullivan Jasper South to the Gulf Coast. Record low temperatures overnight and record low daytime highs are possible all week. Remember to safeguard pets, plants, and people. Click TuscaloosaThread.com for more local news. Don Hartley, Townsquare Media, Tuscaloosa. Everybody loves Taco Casa. Everything we do in our store, we prepare in our store. You know, we hand cut all of our tomatoes. We block and shred our own cheese here in the store. So we still- Coaches took the radio and TV airwaves to tell people that if you're building outdoors, the only way to build is with pressure-treated pine, yellow wood. It is the very, very best. Why? Because all the coaches said yellow wood, pressure-treated pine, protects against bug, termite, and weather. Decking, fencing, play sets, whatever you're wanting to build, just go to the Internet, look at Yellowwood, and you will find these coaches advertised a great product. If it doesn't have that yellow tag on it, believe you me, you don't want it. It's Yellowwood. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A winter preview for West Alabama through midweek. Sunny, breezy, very cool today, the high 55. A freeze warning in effect tonight. The sky clear, the low at 31. And tomorrow, a sunny and cool day, the afternoon high at 60. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 39 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Well, hold on, live. Try to prove my standing. Down a highway, never bending. A vagabond out and on the loose. Lady Luck never been too kind to me. She leaves me stranded every time I see it. Welcome back to Inside the Locker and Yellowwood.com. Get the. Five-star backyard. You want to do it with pressure, treated pine. Go to Yellowwood to find the dealer that is closest to you. So, Tennessee, Dad put out a tweet, and they were. it was actually a little bit of just in fun, sarcasm. They were trying to raise money. Uh, they tweeted out they're raising money, they were raising money towards going to the purchase of new goalposts. Sure. And so you could go on there and you could – Donate sixteen dollars, which is the number of years it has been since the Vols have beat Alabama. You could donate fifty-two dollars, eight and forty-nine cents, which pl- plays off the final score of the game, or you could donate one thousand nineteen dollars and fifteen cents, which is a nod to the sold-out crowd of one hundred one thousand nine hundred fifteen at Neyland Stadium. Now. 
Last year in 2021, UT Athletic Department generated $133 million in revenue with football accounting for $62.4 million according to financial data universities submitted to the NCAA. When they put that tweet out there, they was just kind of a cute thing. Hey, a cute thing to raise some money. You got Alabama people now saying they don't even have enough money to pay for a goalpost. They can't even pay for See, you see that? They're tweeting out trying to raise money. They're so poor over there trying to raise money to buy a goalpost. What a terrible take. Come on, people. They won a hundred, they made 133 million. They got plenty of money to replace that goalpost. They actually right now have the best in the SEC of the three major sports, baseball, football, and basketball, they probably got the best of all. Uh, so their athletic department's thriving over there. They can afford the goalpost. It was sarcastic a little bit. It was it was supposed to be in fun, and people try to take it as to something that's not. I don't like when people take something that's not and turn it into something well, that's not. But no, if it, you know, if it had been flip flopped, and Alabama had, had lost sixteen years in a row. They went one time and lost close to ten years in a row. Uh, had it been flip flopped that way, then then uh, you know people have been you know feeling kind of doing the same thing. Not to do the same thing or not, but they would be you know they'd be so excited that they're able yeah. to finally win a game. You know they're they're um, you know a lot of people saying you know you can go down to the drugstore now and you can get cigars free. Um, <laughs> so. Well, some of the loud guys say we're saving ours for the SEC championship when we play them again. Yeah. Uh, I think you know. I think I think that, as you you stated, this game this game right here means nothing. Not means something, but it doesn't mean anything about the championship unless unless Georgia is beaten by Tennessee. Um. Uh. So uh, we got to give Tennessee a lot of credit because they were ready to play and they they had the home field advantage, which is. What you want when you get it home, and um, the people that talk about Alabama on the road, and and, and I know it doesn't mean as much, um, but getting on the road in basketball and the officials in basketball, um, I, I do think that uh, if there's any swaying, I think in, in basketball in the big games that you play, um, there's more concerned with the visiting coach and I know I was one you know visiting being is is more concerning about how the officiating is going to go than in football. Yeah. And that doesn't mean they're not going to be and I think Barry would agree that doesn't mean they're gonna miss you know, they're gonna be perfect. They're not. But uh, uh there are some officials in basketball that you can say something to and you may get your break the next time. Yeah. They're not people's... gonna be yeah, they're not gonna be able to say something to an official uh, in football, because they, these guys are going to they they get together and they meet. They don't do that in basketball. In other words, the four or five officials that are there, they're meeting as to what what took place and what they should call, and they go in front of the audience to to make that call. In basketball, you don't do that. You just make the call when you go in the dressing room. The basketball uh, officials do. You know, they, they may talk about the calls that they made. But in football, you huddle up and you decide exactly what you need to say to the public. It makes it uh, quite different. Yeah, and if everybody said, well, we have more class than Alabama. We wouldn't rush the field. You lose 16 straight years and change coaches as many times as sure. Tennessee has. You probably we probably would we probably would rush the field in that situation. All right, let's get to the Yellowwood Hotline. 
We'll bring Abe into the show. Morning, Abe. Is it Abe? Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. Uh, I got a story for Wimp. Okay. A friend of mine at the coffee shop. I think he was friends. Did you have a son named Jim? I do. Okay. Well, this was around 1972. I, got, I think you were an, an assistant for uh, C.M. Newton in 72, and you, you drove a little doodle bug, a Volkswagen? Yeah. I did. Oh, well, anyway, over at Claymont, out 15th Street, it's back when 15th Street was just a little two-lane highway. Yeah. Uh, my friend and Jim and some other kids was playing basketball, and the ball, uh, an Aaron shot went over and banged into the side of the Volkswagen, I guess it knocked it out of gear, and it just like slow motion starts rolling down the driveway. That's right. All right, went over and, 15th and, Street, yeah. Yeah, and went across the road and went yeah. head up into the ditch, yep. and you come out, hey, what y'all doing? They're like, we didn't do nothing. They was actually running beside the car trying to get in, but you had it locked, yeah. and uh, yeah. I think y'all called Joe Mott's record service to, to winch it out, and uh, and everything was fine. You know, the dirt didn't put a dent in it, but uh, he was telling that story at the coffee shop yesterday. Yeah, that happened. We were, we were I used to shoot baskets with, with my kids on, on, the, uh, on the driveway, and, uh, and so the, the the, uh, we we pulled the Volkswagen out and put it on the side of the street because we couldn't shoot baskets if, if the Volkswagen was parked there. And so it, I didn't do the gears right off. Something happened. But uh, as we were shooting and playing, you know, playing hard, you know, against each other, uh, Booger Bear starts rolling down the hill. And when it does, it rolls over 15th. Now, if it rolls over 15th with cars coming up and down 15th, I'm a dead duck because it's going to tear the car up and them too. But we were fortunate enough that it, it went across 15th Street into a ditch, and and nobody uh, funny there. story there. I was probably five, and he, yeah. you're 100 right. It was a two lane road back. The 15th Street was two. So we said, "There's no way that that didn't hit a car." So we got up there and said, "What are the chances?" So we started throwing super balls down there, just seeing, you know, we could hit a car. We bounced super balls down there, and sure enough, about five out of every ten super balls hit a car. Uh, to where if that Volkswagen goes across there at that wrong time, there is a major accident. Yeah, it sure is. I, mean, I was sure fortunate with that. Boy, yeah. that's that's a good call. You're right. <laughs> yeah, I just thought you'd like that. Now about the goalpost. Here's my thing. Why not get a guy with a with a torch to cut that thing into six inch pieces, and you can sell them for a thousand dollars? What a pit, man! Wouldn't that? Yeah, that would, would be a good idea. That would be a good idea. And Barry, I'm I'm with you on interference. Here's the thing: if you're looking for the ball, you can go for. You can say, "Oh yeah, there was contact. He was going for the ball." Nobody owns that ball when it's in the air. But the problem was. He was looking at the guy, and he wasn't looking at the ball. And if, if you turn around and look for the ball, you know it's like boxing out for a rebound. Yeah, you can you can box him out, but you got to be looking for the ball. And and I think I think that was a a good pi call. I'm by my man. Yeah, but uh, he but looked, you're looked, right. His left arm looked like it was around his back as well before the ball got there. You can't do that either. So and, and hey hey, if you and, and Tennessee had been catching those passes. And so we felt like, hey, we got to get on them, you know, and everything. But hopefully we'll learn from it and Bama will come back and, and uh, win out and we'll see them again, you know, and play a little better. Thank you, Abe. Great call. Appreciate you. Thank you. Appreciate your call. All right, let's talk about Bob Prince and Prince Clover and Hayes and we'll get to Kevin.
uh, Pritch Garvin Hayes, attorneys that we talk about each and every day. And I know that uh, problems come up in your life that you're not exactly sure how to handle them. And uh, it, it could get, uh, you know, kind of uh, dicey for you and your family. And so you need to know exactly what direction you need to go. And you can call Prince Glover and Hayes at 345-1234-205 area code and, and get uh, their advice on the telephone as what direction you need to go. And then after that, if you need to continue with it, you go by 701 Rice Mine Road and visit with them personally. And with that uh, with that sit-down with them, I think you can find out exactly what how much further you need to go with it. All of this is done with people who are smart, energetic, successful, Prince Glover and Hayes, 345-1234. PrinceLaw.net is the website. If they don't win, you don't pay. Listen, Ty, 100.9 is your home of Alabama sports. No representation is made that the quality of services performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. This is a Town Square Media Tide 100.9 sports update. I'm Kim Rankin with your Tide Sports Update. Two Alabama linebackers have made the Rotary Lombardi Award midseason watch list. Alabama soccer goalkeeper McKinley Crone has won SEC Defensive Player of the Week. Alabama soccer has moved up to number one in the top drawer soccer rankings. The Alabama men's basketball team is ranked number 20 in the preseason AP poll rankings. This has been a Town Square Media Tide 100.9 sports update. For more info on these stories and more, download the Tide 100.9 app. Years ago, Jimmy Rain decided that the best way to advertise Great Southernwood was through coaches. Gene Stallings, Pat Dye, Steve Spurrier, and myself, and many more coaches took to the radio and TV airwaves to tell people that if you're building outdoors, the only way to build is the pressure-treated pine, yellow wood. It is the very, very best. Why? Because all the coaches said yellow wood, pressure-treated pine, protects against bug, termite, and weather. Decking. Fencing, play sets, whatever you're wanting to build, just go to the Internet, look at Yellowwood, and you will find these coaches advertised a great product. If it doesn't have that yellow tag on it, believe you me, you don't want it. It's Yellowwood. Tide 100.9 Traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, no active wrecks or problems reported on the roadways as the sun comes up on a good-looking Tuesday morning. It is a bit chilly. If you see conditions, give me a call, 205-886-8886. Townsend Nissan is having a special sale today with super markdowns and extra cash for your trade. Go see them. I'm Captain Ray. Work is a part of all of us. We know that the world around us has changed. And that's why the Alabama Department of Labor is here to get you back to working hard. Work is a part of all of us. Let us help you get back to it by visiting your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, ETA, and Federal WIOA, an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. 365 24-7. You'll find road and utility crews, tow trucks, law enforcement, and first responders working along Alabama's roadway. We're making improvements and helping our communities stay connected. We're working hard to make sure you're safe on the road. Now we need your help to make sure we're safe, too. Alabama's move over law requires you to move over a lane when you see flashing lights on the roadside. And if you can't safely move over, please slow. Visit drivesafealabama.org. Brought to you by the Alabama Department of Transportation, Alabama Broadcasters Association, and this station. My caretaker was very rough with me. I thought they did it because I wasn't moving fast enough. 
Elder abuse is a crime, and together we can stop it. If you or someone you know has been abused, neglected, or exploited, call the Adult Abuse Hotline at 1-800-458-7214. That's 1-800-458-7214. Sponsored by the Alabama Department of Human Resources, the Department of Justice, ADECA Grant Number 18, VA, VS 050, the ABA, and this station. The Alabama Securities Commission protects you from financial fraud. Anyone asking you for investment money must be licensed. You're careful with your money. Fraudsters aren't. Before you invest, call our hotline at 1-800-222-1253 to verify the licensing of the person making an offer and the product. Don't lose your hard-earned money. Learn to protect yourself at asc.alabama.gov. Paid for by the Investor Protection Trust and brought to you by the Alabama Broadcasters Association and this station. Mr. SEC Tournament Wimp Sanderson gives you his excellent analysis every weekday on Inside the Locker Room right here on Tide 100.9. The next song we'd like to sing is Been a Welcome back to Inside the Locker. Once again, yellowwood.com. Pressure to your pine from Great Southern. If it doesn't have the yellow tag on it, then believe me, you don't want it. I will get to the Yellowwood Hotline. He's the director of communications with the Coach Safely program, writes with the Birmingham lead. Uh, every uh, Sunday, I believe, be, he'll be posting in AL.com as well. He'll tell you all about that at the end of the segment. Kevin Skarbinski. Good morning, Kevin. How are you? I'm good, fellas. I'm glad to hear your voices. I was a little concerned. I, I keep hearing reports that the sky is falling in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> no, we we dodged the sky. Kevin, do you know? I asked Dad this beginning of the show. These official these crews. I'm assuming they stay together the entire year as long as everybody stays healthy. Do they? Does the SEC assign the crews at the beginning of the year of all the games that they're going to call? Do they do it halfway? And then after that, they decide, do you know how that's laid out for travel purposes? I know it's obviously not done week to week. And I wonder if they looked at this game and said, eh, you know, it hadn't been a very good game in the past. I know this crew's had a little bit of problems maybe in the past. Do you know how all that works? Actually, I do not. And that's a great question. Certainly, they'd have to have some lead time, uh, as you said, for travel. So I can't imagine they would do it week to week. There would have to be at least some some buffer for travel purposes, and maybe they do the whole season. I don't I don't know that, but it's certainly a it's certainly a, an interesting question to ask. Well, I wonder if they looked at it. So you know, Alabama's beat them sixteen years in a row, whatever it was, fifteen, sixteen. Uh, Tennessee's unranked. Uh, you know, subconsciously, that's not our one of our top crews. Let's send. I don't know where you would have sent them. Uh, last week, but then I'm not blaming the official. I do think they made some bad calls. I actually think the play at the end was was pass interference. Uh, he has arm wrapped around him. Now that the guy throw the flag out at the right time, I'm not sure. But I don't like it when people say you can't make that call at that time. If that's pass interference in the first minute, it's got to be pass interference in the last 15 seconds because one team's going to get screwed if you don't. If you think it is. The time of the game shouldn't matter, should it, Kevin, when you make the call? No, no, it should not. No, your your point is, is exactly right. If it's a penalty, it's a penalty. And the time is irrelevant. Now, 
it certainly seems a lot bigger if you call it pass interference in that situation because if you don't call it, uh, you know, it's Alabama's ballgame. But if you, you know, we, we all focus, and it, this sounds, <laughs> this is going to sound uh, ridiculous, I guess, in, in some ways to people, but look, that play in the first quarter contributes to the final score just as much as that play in the fourth quarter. Correct. And the things that happen there uh, contribute to the final score just as the, thing, as the things that happen at the end. We remember what happens at the end. And, of course, and you adjust as the game goes on based on what happened earlier, but no. Bottom line is, if you don't call it as as best you can, consistently, as consistently as you can, and that's the issue that a lot of people have, the consistency, but you've got to do that from the from the opening kickoff through the final horn. Yep, that. Well, the difference is in officiating, Nestor, uh, from what I tried to do, is that the officials will huddle. Uh, the five or six officials now, of, those group, of that group that huddles, one of those guys has made a call. The other four guys didn't see that call, but he made a he made a certain call, pass interference, whatever you want to say. He made a call. Uh, another one made his another call. So they're meeting to, to try to decide, you know, what official the head official gets up and tells what happened. And um, when the, when they're able to do that and sit, it, it, very quickly to try to decide what happened. Um, they come to a, a very quick conclusion as to what, what they need to say. But remember now, every official, it, uh, the officials in that huddle, uh, however many there is, let's say there's five, uh, four of them four of them didn't see the play. One of them did. Just four, four of them didn't see it. Four of them called something else. And it makes it um, quite different than baseball and basketball and other sports. And it's it's it's... It's not easy. It's hard. The basketball fishing is very hard. But I just say that to people sometimes they don't understand that you know they've, they've got to come to a very quick conclusion. Yeah, Wimp. Let me uh, and let me share something on this topic that I discussed yesterday with Bill Clark. You know, the former UAB coach. He and I uh, talk every Monday, and we you know he reviews the weekend's games, and I write a piece about it on my website, and I'm working on that. And and he said something interesting to me. And, and his teams at UAB had a reputation of playing on the edge, uh, you know, getting personal foul penalties. And he said that's a fine line. You want your guys to play hard, to play tough, to play with an edge uh, within the rules. But he said teams get reputations. He said officials talk amongst themselves, yeah. not not during a game. But he said he said they they absolutely get a, an impression of a team. And if you're Alabama and you've had 15 penalties at Texas. You've had what was it, ten against Arkansas, and and this is not the first year. This is you know they've been heavily penalized. Then a fit, you start to get a reputation as a team that is a little undisciplined, that is prone to committing penalties. So maybe you're on the lookout a little bit more uh, with that team than you might otherwise be. He said that absolutely happens. He's had officials yeah. tell him that. So uh, I thought that was very very interesting. Well, they also yeah. know certain players. Certain players like to. Flop yeah, certain players. Yeah. yeah, they they know players as as well. Uh, Kevin, uh, you know, Coach Saban's obviously the greatest coach in college football. It's not even debatable. Uh, but you keep thinking, all right, this team's not going to keep making the same mistakes. They're not going to beat itself, and it honestly gets worse. <laughs> and 
people don't really question Coach Saban. It's all we all you hear about is Bill O'Brien and Pete Golding. Bill O'Brien and Pete Golding. Um, and I heard Coach address it yesterday in the in the press conference. I guess you know at some point you have to change players. Are you surprised? I am absolutely surprised that he has not been able to clean up these penalties. That the discipline of this football team honestly is getting worse, not getting better. That's not a staple of a Nick Saban coach team. No, it's not, and it is interesting. It's a it's a it's a, a curious phenomenon that. If this were if this were happening to say Auburn, who would be getting all the criticism? The head coach, yeah, Brian Harson, yeah, because he has not earned the benefit of the doubt, and he's not going to anytime soon uh, in that job at least. And so uh, people are going to go to the top. Well, if, if anyone thinks that Nick Saban is not aware of what they're calling every single down on defense on offense. Uh, the special teams calls, you know, he's not making every call, but he certainly has the power. He has headsets on, you know, we see him take them off uh, uh, when he, when he's rather, we see him take them off in a violent fashion when he's unhappy, uh, but he's listening to everything. He hears everything. He's, he is part of the conversation. Those, those headsets are not for decoration. So anytime he wants to say, for example, and everyone's focusing on the last Alabama possession, why didn't they run the ball? Why didn't they run the ball? Why didn't they run the ball? Well, one reason they didn't run the ball is because Tennessee had completely loaded the box. They sold out to the blitz. Uh, there's a chance you're not going to get to the line of scrimmage with a run. Uh, and, and not to mention, not to mention uh, on second down, Jameer Gibbs was open. Wow. Bryce Young hit him. Yeah. If he catches it, he may take it to the house because he's that elusive. And right. he, in any case, they run more time off, they kick a shorter field. Goal. So uh, you, you say, well, that, that was the right call. It just didn't work. Now, should they have run the ball maybe one time in those three downs? Perhaps, but but he knows what they're calling, and if he doesn't like it, you know, he before the series starts or they get down there after the first down at the thirty-two or three, whatever it was, he can say, "Hey, we got to run it at least once in this next series." He he, he can well, do that. He didn't. So if you want to blame someone, start at the top. Yeah. Well, the, the the thing that you have to understand is that the people that make these comments don't really understand football. They don't understand the concept of, of changing the play, of what they do. These guys are very, very good. I don't care who, who I don't care, well, you know what you say. They're, 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 they study it. They know what they're doing. Now you throw the ball to Gibbs's hands and he drops it. It's Gibbs' fault. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not. It's I not, mean, and, and it's it's fair. That's fair, Wimp. I mean, that's exactly. Yeah. You know, that's the truth. That's if, what yeah, happened. Yeah, if, it's like I always say: if if I tell Barry to go to Montgomery. And Barry go and Barry goes to Huntsville. Is it my fault or Barry's? <laughs> <laughs> hey, and listen. Hey, here's another thing that's, that's actually a little comical uh, about all the criticism of not running the ball in the last series. Who's the best player on Alabama's football team? Bryce Who's Young. The best, who may be the best player in the country? Yeah, Bryce Young. Yeah. Who you want to put the game? The, you who do you want to put the game in the hands of in that situation? Now, Jameer Gibbs has been fantastic. I'm not taking anything away from him, and even though he did drop that pass, he he was a big part of that game for Alabama. He's been a big part of this season. But Bryce Young is the most valuable player in America, and he showed it on Saturday again. So I'm putting the if I have a choice, and and I see the defense stacked completely, making it very difficult to create any kind of running lane. I'm putting the ball in Bryce Young's hands. You know, Kevin, what'll be interesting is to watch Georgia. Uh, play Tennessee. Uh, Kirby Smart's a 
pretty good defensive coach. They're going to look at what they did against Alabama. They're going to study that inside and out. And Georgia can't win a shootout, I don't think, against Tennessee. It'll be very interesting to see, uh, which maybe at the beginning of the season people didn't think was going to be, be a big game. That is going to be a humongous game uh, in Athens here in a couple of weeks. Oh, uh, you know, and, and Kirby's an elite defensive coach, yes. just as Nick Saban still is. Yes. And and so it, the problem is, and, and we never want to give credit to the other side, dude. Mm-hmm. Isn't it amazing? Tennessee has an elite group of receivers. Shoot, their best receivers not, didn't even play. He's still recovering from ankle surgery uh, about a month or so ago. And their receivers are elite. So... Yes, we sh- we think Alabama should have and does have elite defensive backs, but I don't care how good a safety you are, if they run a bunch formation to the boundary and they they set it up, they set you up where one of your safeties. I don't care how many quarterbacks you put out. At some point, you got to have a safety in there because guess what? They can run the ball too. So you got to have somebody a little more physical than a typical cornerback. Uh, so you have to deal with the run. And Tennessee ran for what 180 yards. They are an elite offense. They are the best offense in the country. Sometimes you get beat. I don't care how good you are. And look, guys, this is the way football is now. This is here's a fun stat for you. Maybe not so fun for Alabama fans. Since not, since the 2018, the start of the 2018 season, and let's and I I would mark the difference in Alabama football and Nick Saban's approach on offense. Not so much to when Lane Kiffin came in. Yes, that did start the evolution. But to me, the true the true turning point was when Tua came in the second half of the national championship game. And then Tua won the job for the, uh, going into the 2018 season. It was at that point that Nick Saban committed to scoring points as quickly and as often as possible. And when he did, since he did that, in the start of the 2018 season, Alabama has played seven games in which they've given up 40 or more points. Want to take a guess what their record is in those seven games? <laughs> Two and five. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. guess what? When the game was played in a phone booth, uh, there's only so many elite offensive linemen to go around. There's only so many Derrick Henrys to go around. I mean, there are a lot of good running backs, but there are elite running. There's a difference between good and great. Alabama had a lot of great ones. They had a lot of great offensive linemen. When it was played that way, Alabama's talent was the difference, in addition to its development of players and its scheme and all the good things that they've done through the years. Now, guess what? There's a, hey, there, but when? There's a lot of good quarterbacks out there. There's a lot of good receivers out there, and they can come in and they can play right away. Tell, tell that, me what you difference. said again. Tell me what you said okay. again about the two and five. The start well, of I, the, I may, I may the, want to use it. <laughs> he's trying to steal oh, this your, is a stat. This is a good material, stat, yeah. Kevin. Go ahead. No, that's okay. This is in my column on Sunday. So, okay, go ahead. Uh, no, that. I want people to – This is to me this is very illustrative of where the Alabama program is. It's because the game has changed. And you can't dominate the same way because everybody has quarterback. Almost everybody has a good quarterback and good receivers because kids grow up playing seven on seven. The stat is since the start of the 2018 season, that was Tua's first year as a starter when he beat out Jalen in the preseason. Alabama has played seven games in which the other team scored 40 or more points. Alabama's record in those seven games is two and five. Pretty impressive. Uh, you know, and everybody now, is that a failure? Is that a failure of Alabama's defense to some degree? But is it also a sign of really good offensive minds, really good offensive players on the other side? 
There had to be some of both, right? Yeah, you would yeah, think. Yeah, sure Well, people yeah. used to always talk, criticize the Big 12. The SEC basically is the Big 12 now. I can't. I think Big 12. The, the whole country is yeah, the Big 12, right? It's the Big 12. <laughs> Except uh, for maybe the Big 10. Except for Iowa and Illinois and Wisconsin. They're still living in the Stone Age. Uh, all right, Kevin. Auburn. Uh, you know, Obviously, they're not winning games, but they do look like they're still competing for Brian Harson. Do you think that factored into this decision? These guys have not quit. They are still playing. They still seem to care. I've seen situations like this where the players have packed it in, and then it's time to make the change. Is that what is that what is keeping Brian Harson on the sideline? These players seem to still be at least competing in the games. Yeah, it, it's not 2012 uh, where the thing just came apart. And, and everything went wrong on and off the field. But I, I think what's going on, and for one thing, one asterisk here is that everybody I talk to that should know says the new president is running the show. So he's a bit of a wild card. This is his first rodeo in that position and dealing with athletics like this. So the, the, the feeling there, and I, I was told this Saturday morning, that is that they don't, the, the, a larger factor is they don't really have anyone on that staff for various reasons who is suitable to be the interim head coach if you fire Brian Harson uh, during the season. And all the things that you have to do as a head coach, it may not seem like much, but I mean, just think about doing halftime interviews, coming off the field, uh, doing post-game press conferences, doing weekly press conferences, all the, all the responsibilities the head coach has besides coaching football they don't have anyone that's really suited on that staff to do that. And that's a concern. And that's, to me, the, what I've been told, the larger factor in why Brian Harson, unless something changes, and, and it always is subject to change, then he will coach out the season. No matter, how the, no matter what the result is. That is correct. You're correct. The the president's running the yeah, show. Yeah, you got Wim's got you got pretty good sources too. <laughs> yeah, that is correct. What you said, both both things you said are correct. Yeah, uh, I don't know, Kevin. Uh, Mississippi State comes in town, you know, and you keep thinking things are going to change. Sound like coach a little bit frustrated uh, with the personnel there. Maybe that he didn't say their players aren't as good as they thought, but uh, just your thoughts about uh, with it being homecoming, Mississippi State coming in. Uh, here it's a humongous game for Alabama. They need to get things turned around. They got really a three game season here. I think they'll win the last two of the year. Uh, but uh, just your thoughts about the game Saturday night? Yeah, well, that's one thing that that Alabama has been so good at. You know, it, it's funny how the sky falls every time they lose. But you know, they they do lose at least one game pretty much every regular season. Yeah, or, or every season they don't. They've only had well, I say only. <laughs> like it's a bad thing. They've had two undefeated seasons under Nick Saban. Uh, they've had a lot of seasons. They've lost one game and either played for either that one loss may have been in the national championship game or en route to the national championship game where they won it. So they usually bounce back. Well, they usually, uh, what's uh, his phrase? Don't waste a failure. Uh, they're, they're pretty good at that of learning from their mistakes. But like you said, there has been a repetition of the same issues, the penalties, uh, you know, defensive, uh, defensive breakdowns uh, in co- in coverage, particularly, but also you know you know something no one else is talk- no one's really talking about in that game. And I, look, I expect Alabama to play much better. Uh, Mike Leach is off it. They have not had a lot of success against Nick Saban's defenses. So uh, you know, but they can run the ball better than they have under Leach. They seem a little more committed to it. So maybe they'll put up more of a fight. I expect Alabama to look more like 
Alabama on Saturday. But something nobody's really talking about, you know, we talk about the cheetah package and they had 13 quarterback hurries against A&M and they were in Haynes King's face constantly. The official stats listed zero quarterback hurries for Alabama on yeah. Saturday. Yeah. Now they did have one on the interception. Uh, they missed that one. They didn't, they didn't compute that one, but, but the difference was they could not, they didn't get to Hendon Hooker. That was a huge difference. You want to blame defensive backs? Uh, pass defense is a joint effort. And if you're late, given a quarterback of that ability and experience that kind of time, you're going to get burned. I don't care how good your DPs are. Yep. Yep. Uh, does Tennessee, you talk about the three major sports, football, basketball, Rick Barnes, and baseball, who was ranked number one most of the year. They're the best three in the SEC, right, uh, Kevin? Right now that athletic department's doing something right up there. Oh, absolutely. And, and it didn't start with Danny White, the, the new athletic director from Central Florida, but certainly he's the one who brought in Josh Heupel. And and so he saw something in Heupel that I don't think a lot of people saw. I mean, this is, guys, if you really think about it, this is a this is an incredibly fast uh, turnaround Amazing. for them to be in this position. Because th- they were... I mean, they were. A, it was a game. If, if you were Alabama, you could mark up as a W before the season started, and not that you didn't have to prepare and play well. But I mean, Tennessee did not challenge Alabama. Well, when was the last time? Twenty fifteen, yeah. Tuscaloosa, where uh, Jake Coker had to lead a late drive to take the take the lead. Really, only twice since Saban's been there has Tennessee really challenged uh, Alabama. So, all credit to Josh Heupel. Um, yeah, and Tennessee has an athletic department. You know, I thought they should have been number one after the weekend. I think if you're basing it on this season and accomplishments and who you've beaten, uh, I, I think they should have been number one. Uh, but they, they've got still got a chance. I mean, they're they're having a magical season. And you know what, guys? What do we always say? And the history has proven this for elite coaches at championship type programs. Usually, by the second year, you see a huge step forward. We saw it at Alabama in 2008. Uh, Bob Stoops won a national championship his second year at Oklahoma. Uh, there's so many examples of that. I don't know that anybody thought Josh Heupel could be an elite coach when he got to Tennessee, but you better start thinking about it now with what they're doing. Yeah, he restructured that uh, contract about three weeks too early. But would he be worth now, <laughs> Kevin? <laughs> and, and look, and hey, hey, full disclosure, I mocked it. I thought it was ridiculous. I thought there was no evidence, no tangible evidence yet well, there is to now. justify that. There sure is now. <laughs> there <laughs> no, sure is. No doubt. All right, Kevin, tell everybody about all your stuff, Coach Safety Foundation, all your writing. Yeah, you can uh, read me uh, twice a week, uh, Sundays and Thursdays, in the lead. That's Birmingham Lead, L-E-D-E.com. Uh, you can get my work there. It is a subscription-only publication, but it's really good stuff every day. Daily newspaper, straight to your inbox. Check it out, BirminghamLead.com. Coach Safely, so important. Uh, every, every family that has children that, that play sports, make sure you're – kids coaches are trained in injury recognition and prevention to keep those kids safe because you, you're not at every most parents can't be at every second of every practice uh so and so you know and, and we all have jobs and sometimes you can't be at the games but uh, you want to make sure the coach because he's he's everything he's the coach he's the trainer he's the team doctor and he's not trained to do that normally so if you take the coach safely training course you will be trained to take care of those kids so go to coachsafely.org Coaches can go there and take the co- take the course at no cost to them, and parents can go and check out the certified coaches roster and see if their coach their children's coach is trained. So go to coachsafety.org for that. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate you. Thanks, Kevin. Great job. Thank you, guys. Have right, a great week. Kevin Skarbinski always knocks it out of the park for us. Alabama won. Just a few more, a couple more weeks uh, of the big 
deal. Get more truck for your buck. Rates as low as 1.99 extended loan terms, up to $250 cash back in two months, guys, of no payment. Uh, that's quite a deal. Right here for the holidays, too. You save you some money uh, so you can put that money towards uh, Aiden and my Christmas present. So go to www.alabama1.org. We also want to thank Pressure Treated Pine from Great Southern for making this 7 o'clock hour possible. Go to yellowwood.com to find a dealer closest to you. If it doesn't have the yellow tag on it, you don't want it. All right, phone lines will be open the whole second hour if you guys want to jump in. We'll also hear some Nick Saban sound, 205-342-9904. You're listening to Tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the towns of Nissan Traffic Center, traffic is heavy on U.S. 43 southbound at McFarland and 69 at Union Chapel. McFarland eastbound slow through Northport. Merlin slow southbound into downtown. Towns and Nissan is having a special sale today with super markdowns and extra cash for your trade. Go see them. I'm Captain Ray. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from the Army National Guard helped me buy my first house. I also know that I will be one of the first to respond if my community ever needs me. Sponsored by the Alabama Army National Guard. Aired by the Alabama Broadcasters Association and this station. Has the pandemic affected your business? Even with more and more customers going online in the past five years, online business has grown greatly due to the pandemic. Now more than ever, it's important to have... Backed by the strongest lifetime warranty in the industry. You can call them at 946-3390. But if you want a dry basement, the B-Dry experts will design solutions that will solve your basement problem. They have these patented basement waterproofing and foundation repair products as well, and those products will go into effect to certainly keep that water from coming back in to your basement after they've dried it up. You have a 12-month interest of free financing, which is a good deal for you. I think that the customers who have been with B-Dry all these years, 60 years, are very satisfied with what B-Dry does for them. There's nothing more important in your home than a dry basement. With B-Dry, you have a lifetime warranty, a dry basement for life. Your floors one and two are not affected. Your basement is in good shape. So I would suggest that you give B-Dry a call. 60 years of service they put to everybody in this area. 205-946-3390. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A winter preview for West Alabama through midweek. Sunny, breezy, very cool today, the high 55. A freeze warning in effect tonight. The sky clear, the low at 31. And tomorrow a sunny and cool day, the afternoon high at 60. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 41 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Catch every game and every moment right here. This is your home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the towns of Nissan Traffic Center, traffic is heavy on U.S. 43 southbound at McFarland and 69 at Union Chapel. McFarland eastbound slow through Northport, Merlin slow southbound into downtown. Towns and Nissan is having a special sale today with super markdowns and extra cash for your trade. Go see them. I'm Captain Ray. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. It's Superstart Battery Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Get up to a $25 gift card after a mail-in rebate with the purchase of... 
Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Inside the locker room with former Crimson Tide basketball coach Wimp Sanderson and his son, former SEC and ACC assistant basketball coach Barry Sanderson. It's time to take you inside the locker room. Presented by Dr. Pepper on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to the second hour of Inside the Locker Room. Andrew Conifer, he's my Allstate insurance agent. Let him become yours. He takes great, great care of me. I made the change, guys, about oh, a little over a year and a half ago, and uh, he's been there right for me, everything that I needed, and uh, make sure I got enough coverage. He got an umbrella policy, got the car insurance, got the home uh, taken care of. Give him a call today. He'll do the same for you, 205 722 Zero one. Don't just pay the bill. Know what you're paying for, and Andrew will do you a great job. All right, get to the Andrew Conifer Allstate Insurance Hotline. Get Tom into the show. Good morning, Tom. Good morning. Good morning, Barry. morning, Coach. How are y'all this morning? Good. Okay, okay. How you, buddy? Good. Uh, I've enjoyed the conversations this morning, but uh, you know the thing that sticks out to me, and I, I, I think it's disrespectful, uh, when somebody beats, you know, everybody wants to hate on them and all like that. But I keep going back to a conversation we had, you know, in the last week or two about, uh, coach Hoshel and, the and is that, how do you say his last name? Hypo or are you Harson? Are you talking about, I'm sorry, Tom. Uh, the coach at Tennessee. Hypo, I believe Josh Hypo. Uh, anyway, uh, you know, I, I, I the guy has done a phenomenal job, in my opinion. Incredible. And uh, he, he, he kind of brought the thing back from the ashes. And, and I admire that in anybody that can do it as fast as he's done it. You know, kind of like Coach Saban, if you really look at it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then the game plan that he had, I thought was outstanding and he had us on our heels on defense all day long. Now, on the other side of the coin, I thought Coach O'Brien had a good game plan. And, and you know, uh, he did what I think you want your offensive coordinator to do. Did he call every play like I thought he ought to? Well, yeah. But others, no. And uh, But the fact of the matter is 600 yards of offense, 42 points from the offense, and then a chance to win it at the end. I think that's a fairly successful game plan. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Uh, like Kevin said, you, you put the ball in your best player. Who's the best player in the country? Bryce Young. So you let him make the decision. Yeah. And and Gibbs is a phenomenal player. Uh, ball hits him right in the hands. Your offense scores 42 points. I mean, you got to win that game. Uh, so I, I don't – I mean, you, you can – everybody wants to – pick and blame one person it's all of them i mean everybody that, that, that's the way it is around here yeah you know it was jalen hurts you remember yeah it was jalen hurts we we killed jalen hurts till finally he said you know the heck with it. i'm going to oklahoma and uh and, and then after that it was it was one of the coordinators pete golden killed pete golden the entire season all the way to a, a national championship and i i don't get it how we single 
uh, are we so close-minded we don't see the entire picture? Well, I just think we judge these guys quarter to quarter, game to game. Uh, you know, yeah. and you got to let it all play. Everybody's down, but how many times has Alabama been undefeated under Nick Saban, Tom? Well, hold up right there. Barely managed to do this. We lost that battle, but we hadn't lost the war yet. <laughs> no. You haven't. Well, the whole, the, whole key to, the whole key to all of it, Tom, is it, it, it's who's doing the talking. Yeah, please, that, please. That, that, that's the key. It's who's doing the talking. You know, I, I, I can't, I can't tell you anything about dentistry. I don't, know how, I don't know how, but, but I, but, but I know a little bit about basketball. And and these guys think that in the, they're a dentist or a doctor. They they can. I, I couldn't work for them, but they think they can tell the coaches. It's it's according to who is talking that that that's what kills us. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, and you got to, you know they say you got to take things with a grain of salt. You got to take it with a mound of sand on this one. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> the, but you know to me it was a great game, very entertaining game. Did we do some dumb stuff? Yeah, we. Barry, you pointed that out for the last three four weeks that we have a propensity to do stupid stuff, and um, but still we had a chance to win the game. But. Uh, I thought it was a very good, hard-fought game. Yeah, I mean, like Dad said, I think they're down 18. They came all the way back and took the lead. I mean, that showed some character right there. Those guys didn't hang their head. I mean, mean, that crowd was incredible. People that were there just said it was an unbelievable environment. And to come back and take the lead, and you just got to make – really came down to making one or two plays. And you – and you win the football game, they didn't make them. I'm just surprised that Coach hadn't been able to get the discipline part in order. Usually he gets that stuff cleaned up, and uh, we'll see if he can. Uh, if he does, and I think the sky's for the limit. This is the limit for this team. If he doesn't, then they'll they'll stub their toe again somewhere along the way. Aren't you looking forward, though, to see Georgia and, and Tennessee play? Yes, sir. That's going to be a ball. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Barry. Thanks, Thank, Coach. Thank you, Tom. All right, back Thank up. Thank you. Uh, Barry, uh, back Barry got, you say – Go ahead. Let's one more call. Let's take one. Okay. Let's get up okay. to the uh, Andrew Canifer hotline and get Tony in. Good morning, Tony. Morning. Guys, um, yeah, uh, Barry, I, you know, I heard what you said. And, and for, number one, you, you are right. Uh, the SEC has slowly, to me – become more like the Big 12. Now, there's still teams that don't pass it all around a lot. Georgia being one of them, they still base their uh, offense, run first, pass second. You know, you run to set up the pass. Sure. Um, but, hey, this is what happens when you set your entire team up around your quarterback, uh, one that's going to throw the ball. And, guys, I've been saying it since 2005. I've been coaching since 2002 high school football, and I saw it. We went through it. When you start – scoring so many points and spreading the ball out thin and, 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 and playing more in space, it directly affects your defense. And, guys, it's caught up with Alabama. It has. We are not the defensive team we used to be, and it's caught up with the entire league because everyone's trying to run the same sort of offense. And it, I'm telling you, it makes your defense weak because that's what you practice against, that's what you recruit for. And, and, and that I mean, there are sometimes, guys, on like right now, Big 12, if you go to the Big 12, they don't have many running backs on their roster that can start for some of these SEC schools, and especially back in the early to mid-2000s when this was becoming popular. 
uh, no one in the country had a Derrick Henry. No one in the country had a Trent Richardson that they could they could put back there as a scout guy and stop them when you were getting ready to play Alabama. They, they couldn't do it. Tony, you, you said you're Tony, you're a football coach. Yes, sir. All right, question for you because uh, I don't know mm-hmm. all the rules in football and basketball. You know the the rule changes have killed the defense. Like you you used to mm-hmm. put your hands on guys. You know now you put your hand on the dribbler. That's a foul. Uh, so these right. guys are so good; they're impossible to guard if you don't let you put if you can't put your hands on them at all. Because uh, now your best players are in foul trouble; they're at the foul line. Have the rules in football changed to where it makes it even harder? And I'm asking, I'm being because I don't know how you play defensive back. What's allowed? Absolutely. Is it is that played a part in making uh, these offenses so much better than defense right now? Yes, sir, 100. percent You know that's what I was calling about in in. The rule book of football, if a receiver, you cannot impede the receiver's right to catch a ball. In other words, you can't pull his hands down. You can't grab him around the race and tackle him. You can't hold him uh, before he gets to his spot. Now, once they get to the spot, the ball's in the air. The defensive back has as much right to that football as the receiver does. However, a receiver cannot grab those guys. They can't push off. So there's stuff like that that happens. What I saw on the pass interference play toward the end of the game, the Alabama uh, defensive back, I, I, I forget who it was, maybe Malachi Moore, I don't yeah, recall. Mal- Moore. He had his arm around the small of his back. He did. And he, he, then he let go and he jumped up with one arm and, and tipped the ball away. That, to me, is, to my opinion, he did not impede that receiver from making a catch. Receiver had two hands in the air. He wasn't drugged down to the ground and he wasn't slowed up because he got to a spot. If you want to call that, that's fine that you can call that because he did have his arm around his waist. But that's how you sometimes teach DBs to play. You've got to keep one arm free because if you keep two arm free, you're either in front of the guy and the ball is going to get over your head or you're behind him and he's going to catch the ball regardless. So you try to get a flipper arm in there to, 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 to you know, bat the ball away. You can't do that if they keep calling it. And, and, and Barry, I, I think what Coach Saban said, you got to call it even. If, if you're going to allow Tennessee – to grab our guy across the field and then grab his face mask as he's falling out of bounds and not call that interference, that's a problem. Yeah. That, that's a problem. Well, I and, agree and, with that. And, and, the, and, and I think what Joe has said earlier, when the back judge is standing near the goalpost, calls that interference call, and the, and, the, and the sideline judge is standing three yards away from the play, apparently he didn't think it was interference. And if you think that's interference, you drop that flag almost immediately because that, that, that's in your brain, okay, that's interference, let's throw the flag. That's fine. And several other plays, you know, there were, there were several plays that were questionable. But the targeting, guys, 51 made some plays in that game in the fourth quarter. There was one play, Jameer Gibbs come through the hole. He tripped Jameer Gibbs with his hand. Had he not been in there, who knows? Jameer Gibbs may have scored, may have gotten a first down. But that was a targeting. That And, and for that to be reviewed and not said, when Alabama, when Auburn, uh, Georgia has been called for a lot less in, in targeting, and it affected games. It affected the outcome of games. Um, and I, I don't. I would like to know that question about the officials. But to answer your question, Barry, one hundred percent, you can't play as physical as you used to. You can't play as physical up front anymore as you used to. And I'm um, sure. It, I'm it, sure, Coach and Dad. I know they used to know it as well. Certain officials let you get away with certain things. Certain guys will they'll give you a warning. 
Uh, and then some guys call it from the beginning, so they kind of know mm-hmm. when you're going in, all right, who's calling this game. You you kind of already know once you've been through the league long enough as mm-hmm. to how that game's going to be called. And, and then sometimes I think you'd call your guys over there and say, now, look, these guys love the pass interference call. Like, you got to keep your hands off these guys, where some guys will let you play a little rough. And it's not called consistently, and I think that's like the NIL it's not consistent what one state can do or one school can do. And I think that is what makes coaches so frustrated. If you're going to call it one way, let's all call it the same way. If we're going to have NIL, let's all have it the same way, and then we can deal with it. You are 100% correct, Barry. And something else I'll say, uh, referees most Friday nights will they'll say, hey, coach, uh, wide receiver's leaning a little too much. He's lining a little too close up. Make sure he checks in. Uh, this guy may be holding a little bit. You better get on him. Uh, I'm not going. I'm not going to let it go a second time. You call the guy over there. Say stop holding. Stop lining up all sides. Stop flickering a little bit. Uh, and then there's some games that you, when you meet with the officials before and you've watched film on a team, and you say, hey, they run about two plays where no doubt about it, the offensive linemen are getting downfield on a forward pass. That's illegal. And sure enough, they do it once in the game and they're flagged for. It. We did not have theirs. Uh, you cannot, guys. You learn this in middle school football. You can't pick up a, a punt and try to run it when it's being crowded. If, if anything, you're not going to be able to. You got to fall on it if you think it's a fumble. I, right. I've never seen anything like that in college football. Me personally, I've never seen that before. <laughs> not at that level. And no, I, I mean, uh, you, about you high school. Way. High school is. I think they throw. I mean, I go to some of these Northridge games and TA games. These guys throw a flag on every play. I wish they would get into more and, hey, I'm, I'm watching you. I go tell the coach, like you said, but they throw mm-hmm. so many flags. It makes it almost hard to watch, uh, Tony. Well, a learning experience that I had my first year coach, and I did not know in high school, there is no uncatchable ball penalty. So a quarterback can drop back and throw the ball through the uprights from the goal line. And if you interfere with that receiver in that direction, they can call pass interference. I almost got ejected because I argued with the ref, and I was 100% incorrect. I mean, you, you, there is no uncatchable ball in in high school football, and, buddy, that changed the game, too, because you really got to play clean on that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, there, there's a, a lot of things that – Barry, I don't, I don't know the answer. I mean, I find it difficult to believe that Pitt, uh, LSU, um, Florida, all these other teams that's played Tennessee pretty tight and – they didn't score fifty-two on them. No. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is for Alabama, but I don't know if it's personal. I don't know if it's thematic. I, I don't know what it is. Yeah, well, I don't know. I'm sure they'll try, they're trying to figure it out right now as we yes, speak. Sir. So great call. Have a good day. Great call, Tony. Right. Uh, that, and, you know, it, it's the rules of pretty much every sport. Uh, it's all geared towards the offense now. They want offense. So I guess offense sells tickets. It's an offensive game, Barry. Yeah, it's an offensive game. Uh, the, the question I've got to you is when you say that uh, Alabama uh, has discipline problems, what do you refer to? Uh, well, I mean, false starts, uh, guy diving on a ball like that. Uh, when, well, now, he don't, he don't want the ball, son. Well, he didn't dive on it. My point is, I don't he mind didn't die. He should have. He should have. He should have died. Don't he? Didn't. But yeah. the point is that he he went after the football because he thought the other Alabama player had touched it. 
that is the reason he went for yeah. it. Yeah, so you just dive on it. You don't try to pick it up. Yeah, and run sure. That's uh, exactly right. But the reason, you know, when people call in about that, he Tony wouldn't call in about that particular, but the deal was, yes, he should fall on the ball. But number one, you know, he, he didn't. He thought that the guy had touched the football, but is the reason that he even tried to to do what he did, which was wrong. But uh, he did that because he thought the ball had already been touched. Yeah, well, then you have the two kickoffs. You know, they got Pellon blocking the back or holding. And when you're just Will Anderson against Texas two or three times before the ball snap just lines up off sides. Yeah. I mean, lines but, up off you sides. You know, the, the blocking in the back on the runbacks is is is. No reason for that. You got to get that straight. And you're gonna. I mean, you don't want to take away their aggressiveness, but 17 penalties. I mean, if you cut that at half, it's too many. And uh, now I understand that environment uh, can cause you to. That's why you want home field advantage. That's why you want those stadiums full because they can't hear. We'll hear what Coach Saban had to say about all that when we get. But I do. I do. I will say this to you: the officials, um, without being. The officials do note or take a look or see or refer to games that these these teams that have played that you're fixing to officiate what they have done. They do that. Um, they they will take a look and see exactly what these teams have, have been doing. They they they're they're aware of what's going on, and and the point. The other point, you made the point, but uh, I could have said it as well. In basketball, you 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 looked at even individual individual players that did certain things throughout the season that you wanted to take note of with your officials, or the officials wanted to take note of with each other. That's what this guy had been doing in football. I think there is. I think it is true that you note what uh, the university or whatever has been doing with their team. And where they've been making mistakes, uh, and, and are ready to call stuff like that. I really believe that. Yeah, yeah, you know, you get reputations, and if you if you pop off to a guy, they don't forget that stuff. Uh, so you just have to. You, so there's you know. a and if in basketball, uh, more so than football, there was a uh, not necessarily to me because they 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 were okay with me, but uh, pretty much. Um, I think, uh, but there there is a dislike for coaches. There is a dislike. There just is because you're up in, in, in raising cane, especially especially if you don't officiate that league. In other words, if you are a Big Twelve official and you come into the SEC to call a game, um, you automatically have a dislike, probably for a coach or two. Because you don't call their games all the time, you don't really know them that well. But you have a dislike for them when you get there, and you're going to, and you and you come in, and a lot of officials come in in basketball and, and with the attitude, I'm, I'm going to show you who the boss is, and that that is no doubt about that. Do you think these officials now? And I don't. I'm not saying this happened in this game. So if anybody says I said that, Aiden, make sure this is recording. There's so many opportunities now to wager on games. Do you think these guys know the lines of these games, these officials? Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> we'll take this break. Royal Cleaners, pick up and delivery. They want to make life easy for you. So they'll come to you, pick up all the laundry, get it all cleaned up, and deliver it right back. If you want to drop off three locations, 
University Boulevard, Bridge Avenue, Northport, or 4851 Rice Mine Road. If you've got uh, those golf shirts that you wear, uh, people now are going to get the stuff out for the winter if it needs to be all cleaned up. Whatever you need, they're there ready for you. 205-391-0034. Yes. The other thing, too, Barry, is that the reprimand by uh, the head official guy, he does a good job. Uh, but he does a good job. Um, there is, you know, there's a reprimand situation on all these guys where if a guy con- continues or does not do a good job officiating, regardless, uh, he's substituted for. They, they, you know, they, they they're called in uh, with with their crew about the game, and um, if this certain person has 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 done very poorly in, in calling the right, making the right decision, um, he does he doesn't stay. There's Every, every crew has another person they can put in and take them. I mean, this, these are not just standard people because, you know, you, one of your officials that calls with all the time, he may get sick and can't be there. So there is there is a crew more than the crew that calls the game. Yeah, they have uh, standby guys in case somebody sure were to get hurt in the game yeah. or whatever. All right, so we'll take this break. Come back. We can play coach, 205-342-9904. Also take your phone calls. You listen to Ty 100.9. Is he home? of Alabama sports. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa thread. Tuesday morning, a freeze warning is in effect for West Alabama and most of the state between midnight tonight, 9 a.m. tomorrow morning, and again Wednesday night into Thursday morning. Fortunately, it will warm up a bit for you a homecoming weekend with a low of 46 for the Friday night pep rally and bonfire and 51 degrees for Saturday night's game against Mississippi State. Click TuscaloosaThread.com for more local news, sports, and weather coverage. It's free. Don Hartley Town Square Media Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 Traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, got a wreck on 69 South and 64th Street. We've got lane blockage and delays in the area. Now, if you see other conditions this morning folks need to hear about, give me a call, 205-886-8886. Townsend Nissan is blowing it out. Great savings, great extra cash in your trade. Go see them today. I'm Captain Ray. Right on time, that crispy nip of fall is in the air. Time for ghosts and goblins, jack-o'-lanterns, corn stalks, hay rides, and trick-or-treating. One place where... Four coaches took to the radio and TV airwaves to tell people that if you're building outdoors, the only way to build is with pressure-treated pine, yellow wood. It is the very, very best. Why? Because all the coaches said yellow wood, pressure-treated pine, protects against bug, termite, and weather. Decking... Fencing, play sets, whatever you're wanting to build, just go to the internet, look at Yellowwood, and you will find these coaches advertised a great product. If it doesn't have that yellow tag on it, believe you me, you don't want it. It's Yellowwood. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A winter preview for West Alabama through midweek. Sunny, breezy, very cool today, the high 55. A freeze warning in effect tonight. The sky clear, the low at 31. And tomorrow is sunny and cool day, the afternoon high at 60. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 43 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Inside the locker room with Wimp and Barry on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. If you really want to know, she comes here a lot. She 
just Welcome back to Inside the Locker 205 Let's go to yesterday's press conference. Uh, just opening up uh, with Coach Sabin's opening remarks, and Dad and I'll comment on that. Here was Coach Sabin yesterday in the Malmore building in preparation for this uh, game and also recapping the Tennessee game. So after watching the film, um, you know, this is kind of a collective loss by our team. Uh, I don't think we, you know, played the way we wanted to play for sure. We didn't execute the way we wanted to play. Uh, we had a few great individual performances. Um, you know, guys played extremely well. Um, but we also had some guys that uh, it's our expectation that we need as coaches to try to help them get to where they can play better. Uh, there was too many things that we did in the game. I mean, 17 penalties is, you know, just 130 yards of field position, probably lost about 70 yards of field position on special teams, um, whether it was a poor execution by a specialist or, you know, the mistake we made on trying to pick the ball up when it wasn't a live ball. I mean, that's 200 yards in the game, so that's like two touchdowns probably. Gave up explosive plays on defense, um, which is something that we had done a good job of to that point of not doing. And, um, you know, the last five plays of the game, uh, we didn't execute. You know, we can talk about running the ball, but we dropped the pass. Clock would be running, and we would be closer. Uh, we miss a hot and don't run the route right. Clock would be running, and um, we would be closer. So um, this is something that from the bottom up, all right, I mean, I'm talking about coaches. I'm talking about every player. Uh, I'm talking about me. Uh, we all got to do a better job to, you know, help these guys learn from their mistakes, and improve, and get better. Um, you know, this is not the way you want to manage through a season by games coming down to the last play. Uh, and the things that you did up to that point got the game to that point. Um, so, you know, we want guys to focus on, you know, hey, have fun doing your job, have great energy and enthusiasm and intensity, and go out there and play the next play. Um, don't worry about results uh, and uh, the consequences of those results uh, because sometimes that creates anxiety, which sometimes doesn't lead to positive performance. So that's something that we need to improve on. You know, Mississippi State's an outstanding team. Um, I think they're five and two. You know, Mike Leach is one of the most difficult uh, guys offensively to try to defend. Uh, relative to their offense, uh, the quarterback, Will Rogers, does a great job with that. They're one of the leading passing teams in the country. Uh, they've got a good receiving core. I think they're running the ball more effectively this year than maybe in years past. Their defense is very aggressive, create a lot of turnovers, um, do a lot of pressuring uh, of the quarterback. Uh, they're good on special teams. They've got good specialists. So it's going to be a challenging game for us. And, um, see how our players respond to you know the situation that we've created for ourselves. What he said there. Good. 
very good uh, to say, you know, to criticize his team, but criticize them in the right way. I think he's. I think he, he doesn't call out any names. He calls out team mistakes rather than individual mistakes. Um, he tells exactly, you know, without calling Gibbs not catching the ball, didn't catch the ball, he didn't say that. He just says that, you know, had a chance to, in the clock to continue to run had we been successful with our, you know, I just think it, he just does, I think he does a terrific job as far as, um, you know, analyzing the team, which he has to do, which, you, you know, all the coaches would rather not have to fool with it. Uh, they're doing it for the press. But, uh, I think he does a good job. All right. Uh, let me ask you this question because uh, we've had to do it. Most people listen to these shows don't have it. Some may have. And I don't think Coach has had to do it that much. And I'm talking about making coaching decisions under pressure at the end, at the very end of the game. I know they probably look at it now and say, yeah, if we'd have run the ball one more time, uh, maybe we would have run more clock there. We would have left on 15 seconds. I mean, making decisions under pressure is a difficult thing. And the more times you do it, the better you are at it. Uh, you look at, the, hey, we were in that situation before. If that ever happens again, this is what we're going to do. Could this staff be a little bit, maybe even coach, because he, he's always winning so big. <laughs> he doesn't, they don't have to make decisions under pressure. Can you be rusty at that? Or is that, am I just overblowing that? I think it, when you I think you're, I think you're, I think you're overblowing it. Okay. I, I think you I think you you make the decisions that you make and you rest on that decision. Uh, every, everybody, as Pat Dye used to say, can you know he didn't say it like that. It was funny the way he said it. But uh, you, I think you rest on what you know. You got a decision A, B, or C, and you decide on what you're going to do, and you do it, and and you look and, and see if that decision was good. Uh, bad, and then you may correct it a little bit, but I, I don't. I don't feel that. I'm way saying like the it. more times you get in, it, so I think if coach got into it again, they may you know do some things differently. Where I'm, I guess my point is, when you're not in them a ton of times, and you don't have to make those decisions, and then when you did get in it, you look back at it, you analyze it, and it just makes you better with the pressure on. Well, the pressure's on. I mean, guys, you don't have all day to think about it. Like, you got to make it like a, you got like 15 seconds to decide what you're going to do right there based on what you do on the next down or whatever. So I think these decisions are made. Do somebody, oh, you got to decide what you're going to do. Are you going to go for two? You better decide that before you even get into it. And there is a script for that. But I think what they were going through the other night with the, with the clock and the timeouts, all the different things you have to do, you don't have a ton of time to think that through. I think they well, look at you know, those the, things. The next time, the next time Gibbs may catch the ball. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You can't. You just can't. You can't do it like that. You know, he, you've got a wide open deal there for a very good player to catch the football, and and things are going to be hunky dory. He doesn't. I mean, you. you it's just. It, it's the players have some responsibility there. We just simply get on radio shows and go crazy about the coaches. The players got some, you know. The players got some responsibility. That's why, I, when I say if, you know, if I'm the coach and you're the player, and I tell you go to Montgomery and you go to Birmingham, you it's your fault. Well, they all yeah. got it. They're not just the players. It's not just the coaches. It's a sure. collective group. It's, they, a, it's they, a collective group. Exactly right. But we want to, you know, we we throw the officials in there because I'm sure they they miss some calls. Ain't no doubt about it. So, um, they do uh, they do a better job. Uh, than people that want to give them credit for as far as trying to do a good job with the officials. I mean, they are they are absolutely, you know, hammered 
uh, in meetings and so forth. And you know, there are. Um, I wish I could say. Uh, well, there are some officials uh, that you put with a group that are maybe not as seasoned seasoned as the others. And it's a little bit more of a gamble with them than it is uh, with with other officials. That that may occur at, at occasions, and you probably put those, those kids, those guys, in with with a group that uh, is going to call a game that's not going to be quite as you know, imp, not, not say important, but uh, quite the kind of game that some other games are going to be uh, as far as outcome is concerned. So. Um, I'll leave it at that. All right, we'll take this break. Come back. We we'll have a couple more of Coach's comments. Also, we can take your phone calls. Two zero five three four two nine nine zero four. This is Tide one hundred point nine. This is home of Alabama sports. This is a Town Square Media Tide one hundred point nine sports update. I'm Kim Rankin with your Tide sports update. Two Alabama linebackers have made the Rotary Lombardi Award midseason watch list. Alabama soccer goalkeeper McKinley Crone has won SEC Defensive Player of the Week. Alabama soccer has moved up to number one in the top drawer soccer rankings. The Alabama men's basketball team is ranked number 20 in the preseason AP poll rankings. This has been a Town Square Media Tide 100.9 sports update. For more info on these stories and more, download the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, got a wreck on 69 South and 64th Street. We've got lane blockage and delays in the area. Now, if you see other conditions this morning folks need to hear about, give me a call, 205-886-8886. Townsend Nissan is blowing it out. Great savings, great extra cash in your trade. Go see them today. I'm Captain Ray. Hey, Nissan, how do you get to the top? Calculating. Proceed to 1959. Take a hard left in East Africa at the 71 Safari Rally. Fear right. Coaches took to the radio and TV airwaves to tell people that if you're building outdoors, the only way to build is with pressure-treated pine, yellow wood. It is the very, very best. Why? Because all the coaches said yellow wood, pressure-treated pine, protects against bug, termite, and weather. Decking. Fencing, play sets, whatever you're wanting to build, just go to the Internet, look at Yellowwood, and you will find these coaches advertised a great product. If it doesn't have that yellow tag on it, believe you me, you don't want it. It's Yellowwood. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A winter preview for West Alabama through midweek. Sunny, breezy, very cool today, the high 55. A freeze warning in effect tonight. The sky clear, the low at 31. And tomorrow is sunny and cool day, the afternoon high at 60. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 43 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Controls around 100,000 customers across Alabama, Tennessee, and Mississippi since 1973. Let those good folks at Wayne's 
Uh, make sure your home protected as unwanted pests this fall. Wayne's provides world-class termite protection, general pest control, and mosquito prevention services. Also keep that lawn looking lush and healthy. They also can get it ready for the winter as well, which is turning colder now. So then uh, when it warms back up, that lawn will turn green, look beautiful. 866-WAYNES-1 for all their different services. Get $60 off your initial pest control service. Now, um, for the next five minutes, I'm going to say what I want to say about baseball. And you can all, if you don't want to hear it, you all go ahead and turn your radio off. We got a cowboy holder. You want to get him in? No, we got to get cowboy. I didn't know cowboy was on. He always calls the last cotton-picking minute. Come come on, cowboy. (laughs) He's got got time today. called earlier. Good morning, cowboy. How you you doing, my man? All right, Barry and Coach. Hey, uh. I was going to ask you, Coach, about the playoffs, but um, baseball, if you thought Cleveland had a shot tonight, um, or this afternoon, I guess now. But um, today's SEC basketball media days, isn't it? I don't know. I haven't heard one word about it. Is it? I think it is. I, I think, think it's, I it may they, start today. I think Nate may go tomorrow, uh, but I think it oh, may. Okay. I'll look that up. Good question, there, Cowboy. I Maybe. haven't seen one thing yeah. about the. I haven't seen one thing about Media Day. I thought I saw it on the SEC Network over the weekend. Well, you're probably correct, but it hasn't been on ABC, CBS, NBC. <laughs> yeah, they probably don't. They're probably not carrying it, but it's somewhere in Birmingham today and tomorrow, I believe. But. Well, I listen, the Winfrey Hotel, if they have it in Birmingham. Yeah. What I was going to ask you is, I'm not really up on it as well, probably as you are, Coach, but I guess it's Tennessee, Auburn. Yeah, they're, they're going to be five. They're going to be five teams, five teams better than, probably six that are better than the other eight. Much better. I think it's going to be a separate, it could be a separation there between five and the other nine. We've got six new coaches, not new coaches. We've got one coach who's flipped from from Florida to Georgia, but in a different spot. We've got five new coaches in the league, and a sixth coach who's gone to another place. Um, so, and with the transfer rule, Barry can tell you for sure, it's not easy to determine who's going to be what. But I've studied it a little bit, and I think there are five good teams in the, in the SEC and. Those are the three A's, Arkansas, Auburn, and Alabama. And then uh, mm-hmm. Tennessee and Kentucky uh, would be the other others. And then uh, I'm not sure after that. All right, so it yeah. starts the 18th and 9th. Well, it does start today, 18th and 9th at the Grand Bohemian Hotel in Birmingham. Huh. Uh, I guess the women go today and the men tomorrow is what they got right. here. So there you go. Right. Okay. Good, good. Well, coach, I remember – I remember when he was an assistant for you, I guess it was 1986 or 85, uh, Rick Barnes. What, did, you, did you know then that he was going to be this successful uh, head coach? I mean, he's done a heck of a job pretty much everywhere he's been. Well, I, no, I mean, Rick was young, and he came into my place. Uh, you know, job, job, he didn't have a job, actually. They had, they had been... I won't go get into that, but he didn't have a job, and and so I I, I took him, I hired him, and uh, he stayed with me a year. But he was he was job hunting, and then he went with me from left me and went to Ohio State, and mm-hmm. then he was able to go to he was able to go uh, to uh, not George Washington, but uh, up in I can't even think, but but anyway, after that. Uh, he he got uh, the job. Uh, George Mason. Yeah, George, George Mason. Mason. I'm yeah. sorry, I couldn't think of it. George Mason, 
And uh, then uh, he was able to move the George Mason job into Clemson. Uh, did well there, then ended up going to Texas, and Texas uh, um, was let out at Texas, and then, of course, went uh, uh, to Tennessee. So that's that's where he's been. He did, When I took him, uh, he was not, not being ugly, it's just way, but he, he was need, sort of need, needing a job at that point in time to get back back into college coaching. I got you. Well, you you set him on the right path. Well, I don't know if I did that. We no, we had a good team, and he was he 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 worked that year, and you know he he came leaving and tried to do what he could to help him. Yeah, do you think Calipari can make some headway this year, or Who? are they going to kind of be like they've always Kentucky. Calipari at Kentucky? Yeah, I think so. I think they they gonna they not as good. I visited with Keith Askins. Yesterday, before yesterday, he was here. Here, and um, I think I think their their big guys got had a small a knee operation, a knee 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 operation. Operation, not the word, but something procedure, I guess, is the word. Right. And so they, um, they yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be good. They they're doing a good job recruiting. I don't know how good they'll be this time. They'll be they'll be in the top five, no doubt. I got you. Well, I- yeah, North Carolina will be the best. Ball. Alabama was picked. You know, if you like pickings, Alabama was picked number twenty out of the top twenty-five. Well, that's good. I figured I'd bring up something a little different in Alabama Tennessee basketball <laughs> yeah. game. You know, kind of get the get people thinking a little bit off of that. Is there a little is there a little tourness on Double Oak Mountain over there this morning? It's cold, cold out here. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, yeah. pretty chilly. It's forty three, I think, here now, and uh, get down to thirty tonight. I think maybe. The, so it should be a great weekend uh, for the for homecoming game. Appreciate you, Cowboy. Thanks, Cowboy. Appreciate it. I wanted to mention, um, and I, because I was the Cleveland fan, um, Cleveland has a very very small percentage of chances to you know to win to win the whole thing. Um, they Tennessee has a long ball. They have good pitching, um, and Cleveland is a singles doubles kind of team with uh, good good pitching but uh to come to a fifth game now tonight this it, this afternoon at 307 will will be a, a very hard game to think about and as the years have gone by for me to think that uh the last time that Cleveland won the World Series and the whole ball of wax was 1948 and you are not going to believe this but you can you, you might as well believe it because it's true they beat the Boston Braves. The Boston Braves were in the National League, and American League was Cleveland Indians. I had a big uh, a guy call me not long uh, yesterday, not yesterday, last week, arguing with me how wrong I was. So I thought, well, I know I'm not wrong, but I'll get on the computer and look, and I was correct. And uh, so they played the Boston Braves, and they, and they won it, and they won 110 games out of 154. I don't know why I remember that, but I do. A lot of things I can't, can't even remember sometimes people's names, but I can remember that. In 1954, when I was a junior in high school, they played the New York Giants. I probably said this on this show before. And we were playing pretty pretty good in, one, in the second, second or third game. With the bases loaded, the guy hit a long line drive, not line drive, but a long fly ball deep, deep, deep in the center field. And Willie Mays, who's an Alabama background course, Willie Mays went back and probably made the greatest catch in the history of the World Series in 1954, and we lost in four games. So anyway, 
game is on today except 307 for you baseball fans. It Barry's a baseball fan. He's, um, you know, we got a grandson. That's going, I do. It's going to be a good player, I hope. And it's something that you probably don't want to hear. And I probably already said that on the show again, but I said it for the last time. <laughs> All right. So tonight we have 307 today. The Guardians. Uh, we'll take on the Yankees. Uh, I think the Guardians uh, may change their pitching. I guess you get another day's rest. You can uh, tweak your pitching. So, uh, and then tonight, it's hard, Barry, to go to Houston the next day and start playing again. Yeah. So then tonight, uh, the two wild card killers, the Phillies and the Padres, no Braves, no Dodgers. Uh, they gone. Sometimes playing. I think when you stop playing, it hurts you. <laughs> Barry, two. I just don't. I don't like the system. I just don't. I think that I think if you're as good as the Dodgers were, um, or I, I just think there needs to be more of a deal where you have to win two out of three to start with. Now you get a buy, they got a buy, but I, I think if you're going to play after you played that many games, you need to go to, to for the series is four out of seven in all the series. I do. I just I just think in going two out of three and then three out of five and then four out of seven is not the way to do it. Yeah, we'll see um, tonight. Hopefully, they get that game in. Uh, I'm trying to see what the weather's supposed to be there. They, they had they had the complete carpet over uh, carpet, complete the thing over over the field and pictures. Man, everything was covered. They covered they they covered the field uh, way before the the rainstorm they saw was coming, and they covered it and they stayed with it for two hours and just and it just wasn't going wasn't going to work. So. They go today, but whoever goes against Houston tomorrow uh, will have a very tough. Houston's very good. Houston is a team, as you know, that that, that uh, stole people's signals and got themselves in trouble several years ago. I hope Houston gets beat a hundred. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll, we'll we will see. All right, Aiden, you produce any other shows today? This is it for you today? You oh, this is it. I got to go to class and then find me a nap somewhere. Well, find you a nap. You're not used to getting up early, are you, with the chickens? I, you uh, know, Martin Houston comes early, man. That is early. All right, uh, we'll get out of here. We'll make way for the Gary Harris show. We got behind on one of those breaks. But let me tell you about Alabama 1. As I told you in the first hour, you're going to get more truck for your buck, but you want to get that done here before the end of this month. Rates as low as 1.99% extended loan terms up to $250 cash back in two months of no payment. For all their different products and services, you want to go to www.alabama1.org. Tomorrow's show, JC will be with us. He'll help us break it all down. We'll try to turn attention towards Mississippi State. you got to put this game behind you. Uh, you know, and the players, they have a hangover from this stuff, too. they got to get it behind them and get moving forward. The coaching staff will do the same. And I think these guys will get it all corrected. You got the the best coach in college football right there to get it all corrected. Is hopefully some of these mental mistakes will get taken care of. That's it for today's show. You're listening to Tide 100.9. This is the home of Alabama sports. Keep it keep it tuned in for the Gary Harris Show.
Crimson Tide Today is brought to you by Tuscaloosa Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, and Ram, and Pearl River Resort. Tide 100.9 Traffic. From the towns of Nissan Traffic Center, got a wreck on 69 South and 64th Street. We've got lane blockage and delays in the area. Now, if you see other conditions this morning folks need to hear about, give me a call. 205-886-8886. Towns of Nissan is blowing it out. Great savings, great extra cash in your trade. Go see them today. I'm Captain Ray. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites quality. Tide 100.9.